Time to uh, welcome in, as we do each and every week, lead college football analyst at uh, Fox Sports, Joel Klatt. He is presented by Audi Flatirons, and he uh, joins us now. Good morning, Joel. Good morning. What's going on, boys? You know, we're just kind of kicking it around a little bit, and, um, you know, excited about a Broncos win, kind of. Yeah. Um, Wait, kind of. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, a win over the Chiefs. I can't be kind of excited about a win over the Chiefs. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's very exciting to get a win over the Chiefs. But as Mike said, you know, 17 days later, you played him again. Patrick Mahomes had a little upset tummy or something of that nature, a flu bug, oh, whatever the case Mike was. A, Mike's a hater. I, he's in one of those moods today. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, I've experienced that before. Yeah. Mike's in a mood. Mikey's in a mood. Wait, 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 okay. wait, 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 wait. Stop. Oh, you're good, Marshler. Yeah, you're well, good. Just you've, you've learned some lessons. You've learned some wedge driving lessons. I was playing devil's advocate of what people have said. About oh, this sure, week. sure, sure, sure. No, I, 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 yeah, I, last yeah. week. Grumpy I, Mike comes in and plays, quote, devil's advocate. <laughs> not me. Oh. Uh, I, I, for the record, I do not blow off a win over the Chiefs. No way. When you lose 16 in a row to one team, safe to say you've probably lost under just about every scenario possible. Exactly. So the fact that exactly. they won, no, I don't blow it off at all. So what do you take from this win Joel, moving forward, is it a win that gets your attention enough to think, hey, maybe this thing is turning around, or are you still highly skeptical even after a win over the Chiefs? I, th I think that you can be both. I think both, both can be true. I think that it gives me um, a, a lot of belief in, in this coaching staff, and it, and it gives me a belief in, in at least some core of the players. Now, I don't know which ones because I'm not there and, and living it and breathing it, you know, day to day. But I do believe in, in the adage during the course of a season that you're either getting better or you're getting worse. Nobody just stays the same. No one plays the same every single week. And so you're either progressing or you're regressing. And by the way, that, that rings true for all of us as individuals in our work setting. You know, you have to have either a forward mentality or else you're moving backwards. And so, to me, you know, there's been a lot said about Sean Payton and Vance Joseph and a lot of these guys, but I, this proves that these guys are moving forward. This defense has gotten light years better from a schematic standpoint, at least when I'm looking at, and, and granted, Stink, I'm not watching the coach's copy of the mm -hmm. Broncos like you are, but when I'm watching just the television copy, their effort is a lot better. Their schematics are a lot better, even with clear personnel deficiencies. A clear personnel deficiency, like namely at linebacker right now. And and they're still able to, to get it done. I like what they did against Kelsey in this game, and they just took him away from Patrick Mahomes. So those things I'm, I'm very eager about and, and I really love. And, and yet there's still this element of do we know that we have the right core of players with this staff to move forward. And you see some of that playing out as well with some of the, the you know, personnel moves that they've had over the last couple of, of weeks. Those have clearly worked out in their favor from a chemistry standpoint. And so hopefully we're, we're progressing from a personnel standpoint to a core of players with this staff that can achieve something that's, that's greater than what we've had, had over the last couple of years. Joel, I'm talking to a buddy of mine, Dave Wyman, played linebacker here when I played here as well. And uh, in Seattle, he does Seattle's 
uh, games on the radio. You know, he's got a radio show out there. And we were just talking about kind of the formula for Russ. And, you know, last week it was 14 of 19, although he took some sacks, you know, and he ran around a little bit. But 14 of 19, 114 yards, three TDs. And Dave is like, yeah, that's the formula for winning. you got to run it 40 times or 36-plus times, whatever it is, and, you know, limit him to 20, 24 attempts and, you know, and, and essentially play efficient football. Is yeah, that, that's right. It, I mean, is that where we are? Is that what we're going – is that what we're paying for? And is that the best way for this team to move forward at the quarterback position? Yes, and, and, and I think that the the – the fallacy that we maybe fall into uh, is that his contract makes him something that he's not, you know, it's not his fault that they gave him a contract that, that was not um, uh, equal to what he was going to do from a production standpoint. Um, Russell Wilson is a good NFL quarterback when he is, throwing it when you want to, not when you have to. Virtually every passing attempt, when they're throwing the ball because they have to or the situation dictates that they have to throw the football, he really struggles. He's too slow. His reads are too slow. You can see the frustration on Sean Payton's face. I was with Sean Payton for a very, very brief moment in time, and I can read his facial expressions like it was rookie minicamp thrown to Marcus Colston. Like I, he, he, he looks at Russell sometimes with disgust because Russell operates so, so slowly in the must passing scenarios. And then when he's in the natural rhythm of being on schedule, throwing it when you want to, he can be pretty effective. Um, and that's when his legs show up. That's when the creativity shows up. But that's the blueprint. And and I think that we fall into a trap in saying, like, okay, we traded for this guy, and he's going to be our, our, our new version of Peyton Manning, and Manning set the world on fire, and he got this big contract, so we've got to lean on him. The, the fact of the matter is, is that Russell didn't have top-end NFL success after he started getting large contracts. And the reason is is because when you have a large contract as a quarterback, you have to make up the production for the players that you're missing based on the fact that your salary is going to take up the large percentage of the cap. It's about production per dollar in the salary cap. And he takes up way too much for what he's going to produce. So his, his ability level puts an immense amount of stress on players that are young in order to produce, it puts an immense amount of stress on the, on the running game and on the defense. And if those things are good enough, then, then you can win. But I think that we fall into a trap based thinking that he's going to be the catalyst to the offense. Cause I don't think that he has that ability After watching now for, for a year and a half and seeing what, what it was at the end in Seattle. It's very clear that this guy struggles immensely when they have to throw the football. Visit with Joel Clapp, presented by Audi Flatirons. You know, I always loved our quarterback on quarterback segments where you really you know, looked at things from a quarterback perspective. I gave Mark a assignment yesterday to go back and look at the coach's film because coming out of that Chiefs game, there was a renewed discussion about, man, it just seems like Russ holds on to the ball a lot. And is he just not seeing things? Is he just not getting enough prote- protection? or receivers not getting open? And we talked about and mark i'll let you take it from here the idea of quarterbacks throwing guys open 
and whether or not Russ can do that. Take Mark, what did you see, and then bounce it off Joel? Yeah, there's. I guess, Joel, there's, there's so many times where I'm watching um, Russ, and I'm looking at him looking at a defense and having a guy – that is, you know, hasn't stacked the DB yet, right? But is going to. Is it's like there's no anticipatory nature to his throws. So, the middle of the field closed. You got a three by one away from Cortland Sutton into the boundary. Safety turns, opens his hips towards Cortland Sutton, going to take him away. Double team. You know, you're in the red zone, and your tight end beats the dude. He's even with the guy. You know it's wide open and there's no safety help there. And if you just throw it out there over a little bit little layered over a linebacker, it's a, it should be a touchdown. And with a competent NFL quarterback or a really good NFL quarterback, it's a touchdown 100 out of 100 times. Like, it, there's no doubt. And I'm watching Kirk Cousins do this uh, against, uh, you know, against the team they played last week. Uh, just absolutely eviscerate um the team that they were playing at Green Bay, and, and, you know, then he gets the Achilles. But I guess my question to you is, have you ever seen a guy that's not an anticipatory thrower become an anticipatory thrower? Can, can that happen? No, not at this stage. Not at this stage. I mean, Russ is what he is. Um, that's that's not going to change all of a sudden. It's not like they're going to roll out on Tuesday and be like, okay, today – Guys, we're going to work on anticipating windows. And Russ is like, oh, okay, great. You know, like this is not eighth grade football where he's, you, you know, you're, you're bringing this up at, at um, a time in which he can develop. So, no, you, you can anticipate or you cannot, um, in particular at, at this stage. And, and it's important to note that the ability to anticipate is twofold. One is you've got to be able to to anticipate mentally. And I think that that's obvious, right? You've got to know the structures and the leverage, more importantly, of the defense, whether it's zone or man or brackets or whatever exotic coverage you're you're getting. You you have to understand what the job of the opponent is and what they're being taught from a leverage standpoint. That's an important piece of this is that you can't just go out there and kind of know coverage and think that you're going to anticipate windows. You've got to understand what a corner is being taught. So, for instance, really quickly. So, for instance, let's say you've got a closed look. A closed look meaning there's a middle field safety. Now, it can be man or three. I don't really care. But let's talk about corner leverage for a moment and what one player would be taught versus another. If you've got a corner out there that is a little undersized and yet incredibly fast, what he's going to try to do is never let the wide receiver stack him. So he's going to, at, at worst, try to be even with that wide receivers because he doesn't have the length to defend the over-the-shoulder throw. Real, real okay, quick, so real quick, real quick. I'm sorry, Joe, real quick, because Mark, you missed it. What does stack mean? St- stacking basically means, like, who's ahead? Okay. If you're running in a foot race on a go route, who's ahead? That guy has stacked the other player. Okay, okay so... If, if the, the corner is just ahead of the wide receiver, he's stacked the wide receiver. If the wide receiver is just ahead and can even get his left shoulder or right shoulder, depending on which side of the field, even just kind of like on top of that corner, now he's stacked. And as a quarterback, you've got to understand leverage because that's going to dictate the ball placement that you use in anticipation, okay? So if you've got a smaller corner out there, you've got to understand that he's going to try to be stacking that wide receiver that's his entire job because he understands that his length dictates or lack thereof that he needs to be on top so he doesn't get beat over the top. Meanwhile, if you've got on the other side of the field a 6'2 corner, got some speed but good length, 
his whole goal is going to be to get stacked and be in the back pocket of the wide receiver because he knows that his makeup is that he can reach out and and go defend the -the over-the-shoulder throw with his length. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, that means that when you're reading leverage and when you're understanding what that corner wants to do, then you're going to know that I want to back shoulder a short corner and I want to try to go over the top of the long corner because of the leverage that they're trying to play with. That's just one example of about a 1,000 in terms of structures and leverage and what defenders are trying to do for a quarterback that you've got to know in order to anticipate ball placement. And ball placement is everything because the, the position of quarterback really is boiled down, boiled all the way down is, is the ball on target and on time? And then that's the second part of the equation. So it's the mental part of knowing all of that structure and leverage and everything like that. And then the next part is being on time. You have got to be, and your feet have got to take you to a place where you're releasing that ball so that it arrives with the proper ball placement at the proper time. And this is the area where I think Russ really struggles. He is a slow mover. His dropbacks are slow. He's not ready to throw, which doesn't allow him to anticipate those windows, those leverage points, and those defensive structures. That's what I see when I watch Russell Wilson. And you don't think it's something that can be taught? No. I mean, like, what do you, again, you know, like, (laughs) okay, Russ, today, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to blow your mind. We're going to move your feet just a little faster so that you can anticipate. And Russ is like, got it. All right. Let's ride. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so then, so then that's, that, that's as simple as it gets. Then you, you can't commit to Russ being your quarterback for the next two or three years, because let's face it. Well, that's why the contract was so dumb before you saw a game, you know, again, we haven't, I think our expectation is more in line with the contract, not with the player. So faults on us, right? Like, let's all look in the mirror. Aren't we expecting a little bit different than what he can actually produce as a player? Wow. Then, and your knowledge of Sean Payton is enough that he doesn't want to coach that kind of quarterback. Well, he I wants to coach like a quarterback. He wants to coach a quarterback that can anticipate. Can well, coverage. Can he had Drew open Brees, windows, guys. Yeah, you know, Drew was was a master of getting the ball in the proper spot on time, even without a strong arm. That's the thing; is like it doesn't take this like ridiculous arm to put the ball in the proper place in the proper timing. And what Drew really excelled at, really excelled at, is operating with what I would call full scat protection, allowing five free releases out. And just just having the five up front block because Drew would rather control the protection with his mind and his timing rather than trying to fold protect up there. But what I see is that when Sean gets into that mode, which is where he default wants to go in a crucial third down setting or or late in two minutes, uh, two minute drills, which is where you see all these sacks appear, he goes to scat protection and then the free rusher gets to Russ and he's looking out there like, what are you doing with the football in your hand? That's that's what I see. And again, Mark, I, I haven't charted this. I haven't watched the coaches' tape. But when I watch the game and I they cut to Sean Payton, it, I can see the tension on his face in frustration for for Russell holding on to the football. 
There, well, I, I will tell you, there is no question when you watch it on film, there are a lot of, hey, man, if this guy comes, he's you're not protected. you got to get it, you know. But usually you're trying to throw kind of into the blitz because there's usually a window there, right, where there's there's an opening. Um, and, yes, I can tell you that there are so many times where you're like, get rid of the throw, throw, throw. Okay. All right, scramble yeah, okay. around, see what yeah, happens. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then he's like, he's trying to, like, run up in the pocket. And yeah. you're like. That's Dude, when, when just, Sean probably just on the headset is like, what are we right. doing? Yeah, just throw it to the lookie that came right from where the dude, you know, just blitzed or throw it to the spot right in the, you know, I mean, the, you got the you got the back and the free release running an option, like, you know, check option. Just just dump it there and, you know, and live with your four-yard gain or if he breaks the tackle, you got a first down. Like, th- there's a lot of that that goes well, on. And, and think of it this way. <clears throat> If you're not protected, it's because there's a hole in the secondary. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. that's just what the ratio, that's just what the math tells you. If it's zone pressure, then you don't replace the blitz with the ball because right. they're rotating as a defense. But they're also not bringing an extra hat that you can't block. Correct. Okay, now it might be exotic and it might be difficult to pick up, but they don't have a plus one in the rush if there's giving a zone pressure. A zone pressure is meant to stop run and then to confuse offensive linemen and potentially the quarterback. But a man pressure, that's meant to get home. And when you're man pressuring, you've got to replace the blitzer with the ball because that's the vacated space. And whichever angle you're doing that or with whichever receiver you're doing it with, the ball has got to exit your hand right away. You can hit a fade. You can do a lot of different things. But what you can't do is read the concept out. You can't read the progression when you're getting a plus one blitzer. Mm. Yeah. This is the stuff that makes the ladies in Fort Collins swoon. And, and no, the, but the other thing on the zone blitzer, and this is where a lot of quarterbacks are really good, on the zone blitz concepts, you're having a D-end or a D-tackle drop into that space. And oftentimes you can still throw it there because those guys – have zero spatial awareness, most of those guys. That's Joel, right. Joel, yeah. real quick. That's right. Because your... you know what? A defensive end is just a tight end that can't catch. <laughs> exactly. God, exactly. I love the snarkiness of the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> my, speaking of this quarterback, Shador Sanders took a beating last week, and everybody, oh. everybody, including oh. his head coach, is throwing the offensive line under the bus. However, they however, wait a, minute, wait a 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 minute. The great Mark Schlereth next to me, coming from an offensive lineman's perspective, says at some point it gets to a point where it stops being about the offensive line and the quarterback and it becomes about coaching. And, Mark, you felt that it got to that point where it stopped being about how bad the offensive line was or Shador holding on to right. football, and it became about Dion and his coaching. Well, it, it becomes about, hey, man, like, don't put me in a position to fail and then act surprised when we fail. Like, if you know <laughs> we're a weak link and you know we can't block, uh, you don't run it four times during the course of a game and go, hey, we can't hold up in protection. Really? You think? Of course you can. You can't throw it 62 times and think you're going to hold up in protection with a bunch of guys. You know, you're, you're giving them no tools, was my point, is you're, you're asking them to build a deck, but you're not giving them a saw. You're not giving them screws. You're not giving them a screw gun, a level. You're just giving them a hammer and go, go, go build this beautiful deck. Well, you can build it, but you better not stand on it because it's going to fall apart. Okay, so what if that same uh, a worker, you know, let's say the, that same worker gets the blueprints for the deck, you give him some of those tools, maybe not every tool, okay, to your point. I, I, I won't say that he's got every tool. Maybe he doesn't even have the blueprint in his hands. But then 
with all of those materials, or, or let's just say 75% of the materials, he just goes and with the hammer digs a hole in the yard. <laughs> well, then you need a new worker. Then you need new workers, my friend. So, listen, I think that both things can be true. Do they need a better plan offensively? Yes. They need a better protection plan. They need a full turn plan. The two guards didn't block air. Like, they they were allergic to touching the UCLA players. I don't know if it was the, the throwback unis. They didn't want to get them dirty. It was, it was a, a, a gross performance by that offensive line. Now, to your point, and I think it's a good one, Mark, yes, do you have to find a way to create some sort of run threat? And it's not even that you get run production, but you've got to create a way to have a run threat because there's got to be at least a conflict. In the second half, after the coaches went in and had an adjustment, UCLA didn't even have guys with their hand in the ground, you know, to your point, because there wasn't even a threat of the run. Right. So it's very hard to put those defenders in any sort of conflict, and that conflict is something that should slow them down just a little bit. So, yes, you, you are right. Now, at the same time, in the few times that they did try to run the football, you're immediately, to Dion's point, in second and 15, which is worse than being in first and 10 and trying to throw it with a bad offensive line. The tools that I'd like to see are much more of what we see in the first and second series, which is the quick passing game, Mm -hmm. the ability to get the ball out to the wide and the swing routes to the running back, get the ball out of his hands. Because what I see is that they get into a drop back mode where they're trying to, you know, run choice routes and do things down the field. And it's like, Hey man, like you, you ain't got the time. I, I don't know if you know that or not, but this, this isn't going to work. Um, those are the things that I think are 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 problematic. Is is it both? Yes. Do they need to upgrade up front? Oh my gosh, they need to upgrade. But their plan also needs to upgrade, both in protection and the threat of the run, and then in what they're trying to execute in the passing game. Um, those all of those things yeah. need to be much better. Great, great stuff. Uh, who you got this weekend? I've got Kansas State at Texas. Ooh, Texas. Okay. That'd be a pretty good game. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm sure you love going down to Texas. Are you going to have some flashbacks to uh, the hit? Always. Yeah. You, always, you, don't, re- you don't remember it. You, don't, you just remember it from watching it on TV, but you don't actually remember the, the, the real hit. Correct. Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct. Everyone's like, "Who hit you?" I'm like, "I don't know." I don't know. Like, what do you What do you mean? Let me see the tape. I'm sure. I'm sure the good <laughs> yeah. people in Austin will be will be happy to remind you. So have oh, fun. They love seeing me. I'm I'm the reminder of brighter days down there. <laughs> oh, look! It's the kid we beat up. <laughs> Those are good years. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. Thanks, Joel. Later, boys. Joel Clatt. Man, he was on his game today. Presented by Audi Flatirons.